Squares Fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Hello, folks. It's the old coon hunter Steve Fielder coming at you one more time here on the Gone to the Dogs podcast. This is going to be uh, an unorthodox program today. Uh, unfortunately, the program that I had planned for you for today consisted of a series of interviews, uh, pretty much uh, documenting a six or seven day hunting trip up through the mountains of North Carolina, Virginia, and ultimately up into Pennsylvania. But Mother Nature had a little bit different idea for me, and uh, this Hurricane Ian uh, is raising quite a fuss here. Uh, just crossed Cuba and coming up the coast, the west coast of Florida. And originally it was coming uh, right in where I live, about 30 miles north of Tampa, St. Pete. Uh, the track now has changed a little and it's going in uh, down around Sarasota is what they're telling me. This is a Tuesday that I'm uh, recording this podcast, and the storm is supposed to be coming in tomorrow night, Wednesday night, about 24 hours from now. So what you're going to hear uh, is an abbreviated form of that podcast that I'd planned for you, um, actually just the first phase of it as I talk with my friend and, and partner on uh, the little plot dog that we're pretty excited about. We call him Bear Pen Fever. And we'll be talking to Mark uh, after our Saturday night hunt, uh, just prior to um, this uh, uh, week. And um, so we'll talk about the hunt. We'll talk about um, the area of the country he lives in up there and all. And then, uh, unfortunately, I had to turn the Ford around and head back to Florida on Sunday to be here to help Miss Ella with getting all the preparation that comes in with uh, preparing for a hurricane. Now, to say we're prepared, who knows? Uh, this area of Florida has not experienced a hurricane of this magnitude in over 100 years. Uh, storm surges uh, here in our area are expected to be about oh, four to six feet, which are not um, nearly as bad as they're going to be south of us. Um, we live about three miles as the crow flies inland from the Gulf of Mexico. So we are on a little ridge here and not worried too much about flooding. Uh, who knows what these winds may be. Uh, they originally forecasted uh, up to 120 miles per hour. That's pretty rapid. But it looks like now the wind we're going to get here where we live is going to be more in the 50, 60, uh, maybe 70 mile per hour range. So we'll have some cleanup, some limbs in the yard and that sort of thing. But hopefully the good Lord has helped us here uh, to dodge a bullet. But uh, to get on with the subject of coon hunting, which is what we do on this Gone to the Dogs podcast, I want to uh, congratulate the winners of the recent UKC uh, World Coonhound Championship and also the PKC Fall Superstakes Championship. Um, the uh, UKC event was held out in Dyersburg, Tennessee, uh, 
And uh, I uh, am very familiar with that event because uh, I worked uh, that as a field rep. I was uh, on board the very first year of the UKC World Championship in 1978. Uh, but at any rate, they uh, milked the the uh, the entry down from uh, I don't know probably five six hundred dogs uh, to begin with uh, down to the finals and uh, the winner this year is a treeing Walker Wyatt Monin of the state of Iowa. Uh, Wyatt also handled his dog and placed fourth. So congratulations to the 2022 Coonhound World Championship winner, uh, Get Gone Jenna. And down at uh, Salem, Illinois, on the same weekend, the Fall Super Stakes Championship was held uh, by PKC. And uh, the dogs, uh, the winners were... uh, in the sophomore division was Mojo's Electric Bunny, uh, owned by uh, Randy Morgan and Scott Engel, and handled by Justin Perriman. They took home $8,500 for the effort. The junior winner was, I I love this name, It uh, he's a white dog, and uh, this dog is D, the letter D period, White Yoakum, D, White Yoakum. <laughs> Owned by Kyle Dorch, also handled by Kyle, won $11,000 for being the junior Super Stakes champion. And then the senior champion was Little Lacey, owned by Jack Maggard II, handled by Eric Pyatt. And uh, the senior dog took home the most cash, as usual, a $15,000 win. So congratulations to all the PKC Fall Super Stakes champions. All right. Uh, in uh, preparation for this uh, this podcast, uh, uh, I had contacted my good friend Josh Muncie of the uh, Boneyard Outdoors uh, YouTube channel, and Josh and I uh, did record uh, a segment for this uh, this podcast. Unfortunately, we were plagued by. Uh, technical difficulties, uh, and without getting too deep in the weeds, I uh, had a great interview with Josh, so we're going to call him back and have him on the program next week, and uh, we'll get that interview in. It was, it was a good time talking with Josh. I saw him recently out at Autumn Oaks with his boys, and uh, they're just a great coon hunting family. We talked about uh, his friend uh, and cousin, Channing, who recently lost a, a really top hound named Max. We talked about that. We talked about um, some young dogs that uh, uh, Josh and uh, that they're working now and then some puppies that he bought. But we just had a real good conversation. I'm sorry I can't share it with you in this episode, but we'll catch it next time around. In this next uh, segment, and will be the final segment of this shortened podcast due to Hurricane Ian, is my uh, uh, visit on Sunday morning following a Saturday night hunt in uh, near Taylorsville, North Carolina, in the foothills of the mountains there, 
with my good friend Mark Miller. Mark has been a guest on the podcast in the past, and you'll remember um, that great interview that I had there with Mark. But anyway, we talk about our hunt. We talk about this young dog that has us pretty excited, and uh, I hope that you'll uh, enjoy that segment. Uh, It's about 30 minutes long. And then uh, come back with us uh, next week when we will have hopefully normalcy will have returned to the Gone to the Dogs podcast. Uh, those of you who are looking forward to hunting season, I wish you have the, the best that you've ever had, that those dogs perform right up to, to snuff for you, uh, that you just have a lot of fun with your family, your friends, and uh, in this great, great sport of coon hunting. Well, folks, here we are again, the old coon hunter on the road with the Gone to the Dogs podcast up here in Alexander County, North Carolina, the western part of the beautiful state of North Carolina, sitting here on the porch with my good buddy Mark Miller. Mark, how you doing this morning? Doing great, Steve. Man, you fed me a terrific breakfast. I'm as full as a tick. A uh, big omelet this morning, man. That was good. Kind of slept in a little bit. Slept kind of like in in reference to the Amish community. They say they sleep in till four a.m. Well, we kind of slept in till eight thirty or nine. I guess it was because you kept me out there in these hills. Uh, I think the last time we were in the neighboring county, Cal- Caldwell County. Yes, sir. It's about. 2 a.m. 2 in the a.m. That's, that's pretty late for an old-timer like me, you know. Uh, but uh, we had a good time last night. The raccoons were not cooperating very well. Uh, we went over and, and uh, hunted with one of your friends, Stephen Whaley, nice guy over there, even if he does hunt those white dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we took the bear pen fever over there and tried to put the fever on him. And uh, we had your tree singing Crockett dog, Grand Night, Grand Show twice now. We kept him in reserve there. And, uh, well, I had a good time. I enjoyed the hunt. Did you? Yeah, it was a good hunt. Uh, Big thanks to Stephen for guiding us late around there a little bit since back here on the brushy mountains to we just couldn't get one moving yeah well i'm going to set the scene here just a little bit here we're sitting on your front porch here we've got a nice big wide sprawling front porch looking out across the countryside there's a real nice view and i believe you told me that this is the brushy mountain range through here right yep this uh, this is all brushy from all the way down in from Wilkes to Alexander through to Caldwell. I gotcha. This is a pretty interesting country around here. There's quite a bit of moonshine history in this part of the world, isn't there? Yeah, uh, I got Junior Johnson living over, did live over in the neighboring county. We got Jerry Russian that lived over here on the brushes here in Alexander that was the writer of the Dukes of Hazard movie series. Uh, that was a story about 
his real life encounters uh, and all his bootlegging history. <laughs> What's that guy, that reality TV show guy, Popcorn or Corn Pop or whatever? <laughs> popcorn Sutton. Yeah, was he from around here anywhere? No, he's more towards, uh, I think, the more western part. I got you. Well, these hills, you know, these guys, you've seen the movies probably and all about the guys that ran the moonshine. They had these hot rod cars and and tried to outrun the revenuers during Prohibition time. And uh, so the, <laughs> you can just see the way these uh, twist and turning roads and all just imagine what that was like back in the day. But we're not going to talk too much about moonshine. I've never tasted uh, real moonshine. I won't ask you if you have, Mark. I don't know, but they seem like they're everybody's making moonshine now, and I just wonder how close it is to the real deal. Yeah, it's it's not the real moonshine. That's for sure. It's sweetened and yeah. flavored. And yeah. Back then, it wasn't sweetened or flavored. It was just corn liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The old joke about the mountaineers meeting each other coming down the path on their mules. And uh, one of them had a jug there struck, uh, tied onto the saddle, I guess. And he uh, took the cork out of it, took a big slug, and his eyes watered, and he coughed, and then he handed the jug over to the other guy and the guy said no i don't believe i'll have a drink and the first moonshiner he pulled out that big old flintlock and he said i said have a drink and so <laughs> he took he took a snort and then he turned the gun around and he said now here you hold the gun on me while i take one <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's about i remember finding stills and stuff when i was a kid over there in West Virginia. So it wasn't all a North Carolina thing. But anyway, just the point being, it's a beautiful part of the world here, rolling hills, not quite in the higher mountains of western North Carolina. We're not far. I guess we're pretty close to the town between Taylorsville and Lenore, I guess, is where we are, isn't it? Yep, that's where we're sitting. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, you uh, we had a podcast back, episode 180 here on the DU, uh, the Hound Podcast DU Supply Network, and we talked a lot about your background and your hunting and, and uh, you know, and I know that you are a, a professional mechanic and, uh, and all that, but uh, you and I partnered up on a little dog, uh, kind of got you into a mess, I think, but... <laughs> <laughs> Probably all your Walker buddies have thought, are thinking you've lost your mind. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. This was my, well, I better set the stage here, what's going on here with me. This week, I've planned a full week of hunting. Started off uh, leaving Central Florida on the, on the Gulf Coast on Friday. Um, drove up uh, to Savannah, Georgia, overnighted there. And uh, I always seek out these good restaurants and stuff, and I I find I'm eating too much when I'm on the road. Of course, Miss Ella's not with me, you know, to kind of keep that under control. 
But anyway, then came uh, Saturday on up here to your place, and uh, that would be yesterday. And uh, coon hunted last night after you went and tried to destroy me at JB's, what is it, Smokehouse? Yeah, JD's Smokehouse. JD's, yeah. Folks, if you're ever in Lenore, North Carolina, you need to put that on your to-do list. Some really, really good barbecue, brisket, pork, chicken, and the whole nine yards and the sides and all that. Man, that was good. It was. <laughs> <laughs> we were hunting last night with uh, Stephen Whaley, and I asked him, I said, you ever been to JD's? And he said, yeah, I was just there a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what I like to do, seek out these little local places, you know, that uh, that have been, been around for a while. You know, if the local people are frequenting the place it's a it's a pretty good place to eat so but anyway then but the object uh well to get back to my itinerary there after hunting last night planning to go up to virginia today which is sunday and the three-week early bear season starts monday and uh i'm planning to hunt with my longtime friend heath hyatt forest red uh all west uh woodward and all those guys up in that area for the next three days and i hope that happens but there's a little thing called a hurricane coming up the gulf and uh i've been in constant contact with ella to see if that thing's gonna come in and it's uh, she says no she's a long time hurricane watcher <laughs> from Florida. She says it's going to go up the Gulf. It's not going to hit us. So we're kind of hour to hour watching that to decide whether I got to point the old Ford back down toward the Southland or maybe meet her somewhere in between and all. It's kind of up in the air. But at any rate, uh, so that's the plan. And then to coon hunt uh, a night on Thursday night with my friend, uh, Keston Jesse, and Keston's been on the podcast lately. He and I partner on that Trackman Pup. And then uh finished the week off up with Randy Smith in Pennsylvania. And I, so I hope I get to do all that, and I'll be recording all the way if we do. But if not, I head back to, to Florida. We'll just have to do it on the phone, I guess. But, uh, Mark, let's talk about our hunt last night a little bit. What what uh, what was the game plan? What did we end up doing? Well, we I was going to showcase fever, but uh, we had a little trouble getting struck. Uh, but you got to hear him. He 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 hammered down pretty hard when we got with uh, Mister Whaley. Uh, done a good job over there, but you got to see how he he goes. Well, that's the point, you know. I mean, besides visiting with you and, and hunting, which is, is a pleasure to do, and I, I've really enjoyed it. You and I kind of got together when Bill Sheniger let me know that he had this puppy available out of his Lazarus dog and and uh, a female that I had raised called her Bear Pen Tennessee Walsh. We called her Dancer for short. 
And unfortunately, Dancer uh, died shortly after uh, uh, she had this litter of pups, and Bill's wife, Cindy, had to bottle feed them or raise the pups. But anyway, we got that pup, and through, you know, correspondence online, you said that you'd like to partner up with me and give a plot dog a try. Have you ever had a plot for a coon hound? I have never had a plot. <laughs> never had one, period. Huh? Never had one. Yeah. What do you see different about a plot in, in your walker dogs? I know you've, you've had really good success. You had a stud dog that was very successful, the dreamer dog, and you're hunting a, a, a three-year-old dog or soon to be four out of him. Now you're your Crockett dog, but what do you see different, or is there any difference? I was expecting a slower starting, colder nose dog, uh, which I think he, he, you've seen him wind in trees, stand straight up last night, winding in the woods. Yes, yeah. uh, but this dog is uh, really amazed me with uh, the early starting capabilities. Uh, <laughs> And really, just really showing out at 11 months old and all what he's done. Like the other night, uh, Friday night, uh, hunted Wilkesboro, North Carolina with him. And uh, late round, and got, uh, got a cast win because he just, he got in the country deep. Uh, and uh, one dog treed, two caught him, he left, and then fever treed deeper and... Uh, two got him one time, but he went back to the same spot, stayed treating. We got in there, and just it was a late, right before deadline, got treated and uh, got the coon scored and got another cast win, which makes three on him now. At, and he's still just 11 months old. You know, that's that's pretty impressive, you know, and for any uh, hound to be that far along, you know, this. Uh, this idea of these cast wins, <clears throat> I'm going to say, was a, I'm kind of still choked up from last night. But um, when I was at AKC and I put together a team with Jerry Maul, Lindell Price, Jimmy Phillips, and David McKee, and we basically rewrote the rules for the AKC night hunts. They had had a program that was real successful up to a point, but then they kind of let it get away from them, and, and they wanted to start a new program. So we came up with this idea of instead of requiring a dog to have a first-place win and and so many championship points, accumulate a total of 100 championship points the way UKC did it for years, we would do the the – Titles were the or the degrees would be based on numbers of cast wins, and the f philosophy behind that was to beat the dogs you draw. That's all, because we had seen the stories of the dogs that had had six, seven, eight, ten second place wins, never did get a first place. Good, dependable dogs, uh, but they just couldn't get over that hump to be the overall high-scoring dog in the hunt. And quite honestly, you know, one guy, one dog draws a honey hole. Coons are thick as fleas. Another one draws a place out here where maybe one old resident or 
raccoon passes through there every two or three days. And that night was not the night that he came through. And, and it really wasn't the dog's fault. And so we came up with this idea. AKC, we were five wins for night champion, five more for grand night, and five more for supreme grand night. Well, when UKC decided to do their uh, Tournament of Champions program, they basically copied that uh, that format by saying, you know, the dog uh, has to get five wins, cast wins to be night champion. Since they don't have a, a degree higher than, uh, or at that time didn't have a, a title higher than uh, Grand Night Champion, they uh, decided to go with various degrees of Grand Night Champion. And I mentioned your Crockett dog has, has made Grand Night twice now. He's a Grand Knight, too. So anyway, I just, you know, for a point of a little history there, that's where those idea of, of just awarding the cast wins. And, man, I, I thought it was a good idea then, and I still think it's a good idea because uh, it kind of keeps that in the back of your mind all the time. How many wins do you need? Well, uh, in our case with, with uh, fever, we need two more. And then once we get those two, then we'll be thinking about that eight more that will need to be Grand Night. And uh, what do you think about all that? You've done it both ways. I like the setup now as far as the you can go on because of the Grands. Usually you was done. There was nothing more to do. And I like the eight more cast wins, get you another a number two or a three and keep climbing till you get to five and then you're a Hall of Fame dog with 50 cast wins. Uh, I still kind of lean towards, I like the five cast wins and now you, you know, you got to be a, a night champion to even go to the tournament champion. So yeah. that there's your five cast wins to get in. But I, I would still kind of lean towards i'd like to see a dog have a first place win you like also, the idea of being the, the top dog at least yeah one at time. least one time uh at least have a one first in them five to mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah well i think there's a lot of guys that agree with you on that that uh they they did like the idea of, of being the overall dog but i i've kind of been of the of the opinion that you know, to as much as we can, take the luck factor out. Of course, you can't go coon hunting without that factor. I mean, you can have done all the preparation in the world. And, and I think the recent UKC World Hunt that uh, finals that just finished up last night, um, you know, they went out to Dyersburg, Tennessee, in an area that's not, uh, you know, they don't have a, a big coon population out that way now i hear a guy needs a muffler can you fix him up there going down the highway it's your typical honda there <laughs> <laughs> fast and furious <laughs> I hear you. anyway um and and you know coons if you looked at the scores and Thursday night, particularly that I looked at, the coons were a little tough to come by. So really, you know, as much as you can take the luck out and and 
leave it to the dog work. That's what I've always been in favor of. But but be that as may, uh, and I wouldn't have believed it, we took this, or you have, taken this green pup uh, that we got from Bill up in Ohio there. We had... uh, Rob Fry, haul him down there in the dog hauling service down here to your place. And you got him when he's, I guess he's about four months old, wasn't he? Four or five? Five, I think it was. was right it? at five. Mm-hmm. And uh, here just lately, he's been making some noise. He got a couple cast wins there one weekend back to back, didn't he? Yeah. He, uh, I think was at Vail on Friday and Statesville on Saturday. And uh, he back to back there. Yeah, well, he hasn't been batting a thousand. He, uh, I think he's. I think we've had him in six now, and he's won a fall trip, get out of the swamp down there, so to speak, and get into the mountains. And uh, I hope to do some more. This is pre Miss Ella not taking our leaf peeping tour, which we'll be doing a little bit later this month if we don't blow away down there. <laughs> But anyway, I was I wanted to come up here and see this dog. You've been sending me videos, and, and I've really enjoyed those a lot. And uh, and we uh, we had I got to see a lot out of the young dog that certainly pleased me. I like the way he goes hunting. He's definitely not afraid of the dark. Uh, he's got a high pitch chop mouth on track. And, you know, if you're a purist there, you got to have a great big ball mouth. This dog probably not going to make you happy. But, man, you sure can hear him a long ways. And, he, and what I liked about him that I saw last night is that noticeable change-up when he comes on the tree. I mean, I didn't expect him to have that much of a change, you know, being no, chop mouth. He's... I think with age, he'll grow into a great locate, and it comes out every now and then. He loses that little puppy mouth he's got, still does here in the yard some. But uh, he's got a great change-up, and I think it will come with age, and I'll be able to really call him quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, for those of you who are out there listening, training pups and all, and I'm going to say this, and I'll probably have somebody say, oh, yeah, but old Sam was when he was 11 months old. There's there's no 11-month-old coon dogs. I mean, there's dogs that will tree coons, and this one certainly will, and he likes to have a coon. He's been pretty accurate, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been the – like he's seen last night, he even – and if Crockett come up on a tree, a huge pine, but he didn't honor him. He wasn't satisfied. He was on top of the ridge still. You know, we had to wait on him. Yeah. Trying yeah. to figure something out. Yeah. He's not going to jump in there uh, just because another dog trees. I see that out of him. And and he's been split treeing a lot. Well, you know, this is not a brag fest about our dog here. We're just talking about this young dog that we've we co-owned together, you know, together, and uh, and we're real pleased with what we're seeing out of him. And it was just fun for me last night to get out there, you know, and uh, and see him go, see how he acts. I sure like his his energy, and and you know, I've seen the film clips. He's got two. Well, he's had two pretty successful outings 
in water races. Uh, what he what was that the North Carolina State race? You yeah. put him in first. He uh, he had a round win at the Carolina State race uh, on the line. He won. He got on the tree first, but he just stared. He didn't bark, so the other dog got the tree. Uh, then we took him to Sanford and won the overall line and tree. Uh, and uh, we're at, I think, 40 points right now in yeah. towards a uh, uh, water champion degree. Yeah. Now. Well, I'd like to get that water champion on there because it says WCH, and when people look at it, they think that's world champion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way his mother, Dancer, uh, she had she was a water champion and a show champion, and unfortunately didn't get to be hunted in any any night hunts. But uh, you know it's uh, yeah it, it's all fun. I, I appreciate these registries that make these kind of games available for us to play with our dogs, and that's you know they're a way to evaluate a dog. Each one of these. Uh, competitions were designed to, in some way, uh, simulate the actual hunting experience, especially the night hunts, you know, of actually taking the dogs, turning them loose out there in the wild. Uh, you know, not many, well, I guess the bird dog trials are that way, but retriever trials and other types of trials are kind of, you know, uh, set up type situations but in in these night hunts we just turn them loose out there and hope they'll find a coon and that's pretty pretty neat the way the old boys put all that together well mark what do you think this dog's gonna do you think we're gonna we kind of set some goals for ourselves we wanted to try to get him finished uh tonight champion before he's a year old but that's that's closing in on us yeah, that uh, that might not happen on the, yeah. <laughs> before a one year old, but he'll definitely. Bef I'm thinking if it'll, if the weather holds out and the uh, everything still goes good, I think we'll get it done before Grand American. Yeah, well, it'd be really nice to. I don't say that he'll be ready for the tournament of champions next spring. But then he might, too, and it would be good to get those two more cast wins by the end of the year, which would qualify him for tournament champions. You've already got Crockett qualified. I don't know. We'll probably have to find another handler if we have both dogs. Because <laughs> I tell you, man, I, I appreciate you taking me in easy spots last night. We got to climb a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. I didn't, I didn't mind it. I've been pretty soft ever since COVID and uh, I'm trying to get some weight off and all that and get myself back in shape but anything else you can think of we ought to talk about more of these people with before we shut this thing off I, I just like to thank uh, Double B Hunt Supply for supplying me with my hunting needs right now Benny Townsend's great to work with uh, he hooked me up last night with my Stuff to go to PKC World, so uh, big yes. shout out to him and Double B Hunt and Supply. Uh, yeah, thanks to Stephen Whaley for giving us a late round That's pleasure right. hunt last night. Uh, 
but yeah, we uh, we just hope the storm turns and uh, that whatever they're calling the PKC world zones or regionals we'll be heading down to next weekend. Just hopefully we not hunting in a hurricane for two nights. Yeah, you're going to be hunting in Union, South Carolina, right? Right. Yeah, and that's the scene of the southeastern tree and walker days each year in February. And that's a good hunt. And of course, we had it for many years in Salisbury, North Carolina, and then they moved it down south of the border there a little bit. And uh, But yeah, well, I want to wish you and Crockett good luck with that. That's going to be it for this uh, short episode, folks. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Hopefully, I can come back with good news that the storm uh, left us high and dry. And until then, if someone asks you, where's Steve Fielder? Well, you tell them if he didn't blow away, he's gone to the dogs. Mm -hmm.